Game on. Let's roll. Game on. Might, might be in the name of the podcast. Game on Game podcast. On. Let's roll with it. All right, guys. How's everybody doing? Uh, my name is Levi Curls, Mr. Curls, if you are a middle school student. And I'm sitting here with... My name is Zach Alexander, or Mr. Alexander, or Coach Alexander. We are phys ed teachers here at Manio Middle School. One of our favorite things is sports. We love talking sports. Uh, we share an office, so we sit here and argue sports all the time. So we figured... Might as well put on a mic and let's roll with this. Capture capture what we got to say to the world. Everybody can listen to us, laugh at us, make fun of us, and tell us how smart we are. Tell us how, how unsmart, we are. unsmart <laughs> we are in proper teacher terms, I guess. Like we said, we are we are PE health teachers out here at Manio Middle School. Um, we do kind of have to be professional somewhat with this. We will probably argue on some stuff, agree on some stuff. We'll get into it. We'll have fun with it. Like like Mr. Alexander said, we're going to uh, basically talk it up, chop it up, however however you do it. Basically, what we what we say on our office in our office, we are going to go over on here. And just since this is the first episode, I guess we'll kind of kind of touch on a couple topics. Basically, what we teach, which we have already covered, and then just how we got into teaching the struggles of re- remote learning, how it's going for us as teachers. And then we'll cover our favorite sports teams so you know what where our biases are at, I guess. Biases. Yeah, where um, we're coming from. <laughs> Got to know who you like in order to understand us. Yeah, so uh, that's that's what we're going to roll with. Mr. Alexander, how did you get into teaching? Uh, I got into teaching. My cousin uh, was in college when I was in high school. Uh, he was a junior in college when I was a freshman in high school. And he was going to school for to be a PE teacher. Um, he's actually a PE teacher at Grassfield High School in Chesapeake now. He was coaching baseball, coaching golf, and it was just something I knew I loved as far as from the coaching standpoint wanted to do. So I uh, went to school. I actually majored in elementary education originally. Went back and got my PE license um, while I was coaching college baseball. So I always wanted to be not necessarily a teacher, but I knew I wanted to be a coach, and I knew teaching was part of that. So I learned uh, the classroom side of things and kind of fell in love with being in the classroom and being around people all the time and being able to talk to kids and uh, try to teach kids how to become uh, civil human beings and citizens of their community. Uh, how about yourself? I, I really kind of always, they, they always say never have a, or have a fallback plan. I guess teaching was kind of my fallback plan, at least early on when I was in like middle school and high school. I always thought about it. Always wanted to be a PE teacher. Saw Coach Twine and thought he just lived the life. So. <laughs> Always had it in the back of my brain. Went to went to college, went to UNC. In mind, I wanted to be a sports agent. And then my senior year, spring semester, I took a sports law class and realized quickly that I didn't want to go to law school. Majored in exercise sports science, minored in history. Took the praxis when I got back here. Worked for a couple years with Parks and Rec. Took the praxis in history, passed that, and then got very lucky and quickly was quickly hired as a social studies teacher for eighth grade through so, lateral entry. So you're a Manio resident, always lived here, yeah. always wanted born, to come back Born here. and raised in Wanchies. Born and raised in Wanchies, but always went to Manio elementary, middle, and high school. So Very cool. Redskin alumni. There you go. <laughs> well, we can still use the name. Yeah, well, we can still say it. But uh, while, while you, kind of, you kind of touched on it, how long did you coach college baseball? Um, I graduated college in 2012. 
played in college, right? Yeah, played uh, college at the school that I ended up coaching at. I played there from 2000, graduated high school in 2007, so that's seven, 2007, 2008 year. It was my freshman year in college. Played as a freshman, had a little bit of success, um, and then went home that summer and really kind of grinded it out in the cage, learned how to hit breaking balls better with more juice. Really broke, cracked the lineup hard in my sophomore year. Uh, we ended up being in a regional tournament. Uh, we got slaughtered, but uh, I blame the NCAA for get, making uh, the Southern schools start earlier in the year and those Northern schools getting to start a little bit later. Uh, they didn't have really of a break time. So we ended up getting slaughtered in that regional uh, by teams that just kept playing. And we had a two week break, which was not, anybody that's played baseball knows that two weeks off is not so like from, beneficial. From the conference? From the conference championship to, game wow. to the first game of the regional was a two week break. It was. That's wild. Still that way? A lot of inter-squads, still that way. And for the USA South, which was the conference we were in, it was a, uh, yeah, it's a two-week break, which the coaches have had arguments with the NCAA trying to get us to change the rules. But uh, Southern schools start a little bit earlier than the Northern schools. So crazy. as far as going back, I think first class normally was like January 13th. So we were out in May. And then the first game of the regional was like June 1st. So it was pretty bad. One of the, one of the many. NCAA rules that just makes no so sense. so much sense out oh, yeah. there and benefits trying just to, the athletes exactly. just just out there to benefit athletes trying to save money and then ends up spending <laughs> more money went and tried to play pro ball didn't work out uh, so I went back and student taught and then I started coaching that year so it was like 2012 2013 and then uh, I moved to Manio in 2018 so five six years nice and I guess we can we can cover it coaching as well as far as your high school coaching high school baseball yeah middle school golf was the basketball coach for <laughs> for middle school last year I was uh, not a very good basketball <laughs> coach basketball hey, is not my forte I love watching you, it you I love playing man. it but uh coaching is not my fo I don't know how to break down the game I don't know enough about the game to be able to break it back down to our players um, in order to benefit them and I always use the slogan players win games win games coaches lose games uh, we won two games uh, that the players definitely won and lost the rest, which I lost for them. So it was what it was, but it was fun. Just got to make friends with those refs. Exactly. Just got to make friends with the refs. Many of middle school tech record for coaches, <laughs> man. He had four in six games. I go to battle for my players. <laughs> I go to battle for my players. And then you're a coach here and athletic director as well. So. Yeah, athletic director, I think, in 2017. I guess I'm going on my third or fourth year. Doing that, and I, I taught social studies, and then my, after that, I moved to PE. And when I was halfway in the year while I was teaching PE, became the athletic director in like November. Got that, and then head football coach, uh, assistant basketball coach. So I was right there with you. Put put the losses on me too, and then baseball coach as well. So just we're busy guys, living it up, loving sports, and like we talked about, we we love sports. We love talking about them. Love coaching, playing. Whatever you want to call it, so that's why we're that's why we're doing the podcast. Kind kind of talk about it all now. Glad to have sports back. That's for sure. Yes, it makes the world feel somewhat normal. Feel normal. I'm staying up late at night, struggling to wake up in the mornings, but staying up late at night, yelling at the TV screen, laughing at athletes, and living it up, man. Just loving it. I guess uh, going off of that, getting back to normal, we can talk about remote learning. And as far as teaching wise, how it's going, how it's going for us. So, what do you think? How's it going for you? It's a, it's a struggle. I mean, I'm not used. I want to say I'm not used to staring at a computer screen, but obviously there's things that we have to do on the computer on a daily basis. That and that part hasn't changed. But I think 
teaching that face-to-face, especially in PE, watching kids push themselves through the pacer test and the fitness test, and then allowing them to see what they do in the first session and then progress through the second and third sessions of it. I mean, that part, I like seeing kids progress and remote learning, you're not able to see that, but I've had some good uh, conversations in my Google Meets about time management and setting goals for ourselves and holding ourselves accountable for our schoolwork. And I think those, those conversations have been different than what we would normally have yeah. in a classroom setting. So um, I think the kids have taken to it, and or young adolescents, I should say. We don't teach kids. We teach adolescents. Pupils. That's what yes. I was calling them like <laughs> exactly. two years ago last year. They're not students. They're pupils. Pupils, yes. <laughs> so they, I think they've taken that to heart, and I hope they're using it. You know, they tell me they're using it, so I hope they are. How about for yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that's the kind of the hardest thing is just not seeing them physically or even, like you said, with time management, talking about planners, calendars, and all that, like not seeing them actually use it and do it in person, and you really have no way of keeping track to know that if they're doing it like they say they are right. or not. That part, just not seeing them in person, not seeing them push themselves, all that is just its tough. It's, it's tough to try and find your way through it. Um, my meets, I've really not even tackled a whole lot kind of hitting the time management, hitting the planner stuff. We'll talk a little bit about goals, but mainly it's just trying to talk and build a relationship through a computer and make it so they don't dread coming to a PE Google Meet, and I hope they have fun with it. Um, we've had some interesting conversations from everything, from superpowers that we would have <laughs> if we were allowed to, to what favorite teams, what our favorite teams are, to even some parents making some appearances. So we've, we've had it all in my Google Meets. They've, they've trying to make the best of it, trying to make them as fun, as fun and interesting as I can for, for the kids. So. Speaking of favorite teams, what are some of your favorite teams? Favorite team, NFL, going with America's team. I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan, so you'll hear me, hear me talk them up. We'll, you'll listen to a little rivalry <laughs> between us once he says his team. Uh, baseball team, again, America's team, Yankees. So we, we got the Yankees on that. Yankees and Cowboys fan. Everybody can go ahead and laugh. Then college, I'm, I'm Tar Heels. Usually everybody wants the uh, Yankees, Cowboys fans, with, and they'll throw in a Duke fan, maybe a Laker fan, but I'm, I'm Tar Heels all day. Don't even, don't even talk about the school in Durham. So, and I guess we got a got a little rivalry there too. In I was surprised you said <laughs> you said that school in Durham by by name at first. I, I spelled that it was... with D O O K. Okay. Yeah, I didn't Fair put enough. the U K E in it. Fair enough. <laughs> That's a uh, still bold prediction. <laughs> How about you? What do you got? Uh, my dad's a North Jersey guy growing up, so I was born and bred with the Giants. Uh, live and die by it. Two Super Bowls and. You know, it seems like yesterday, but now I'm starting to realize it was really long ago based on the way our offensive line looked on Monday night. I think it's the curse of the Eric Flowers draft pick. Uh, that was a pretty dangerous one and had a guy fall down again. So I think it's the curse of Eric, Eric Flowers. Big league team is the Mets. Uh, grew up, in, like I said, I grew up in Virginia Beach with the Norfolk Tides. So the AAA team was the their AAA team. They used to be with the Mets. So uh, I also grew up, my cousin played against David Wright. So became a huge David Wright fan. And then obviously he got picked by the Mets, so became a huge Met fan through that. Uh, favorite college team, uh, got to go with the Wahoos, University of Virginia. Um, not necessarily going to say, I didn't go there, I wasn't the most intelligent individual in high school, so it definitely couldn't have got into Virginia, but my uncle played football there in the 70s. My aunt is an alumnus, has season tickets to football, 
and then uh, we go to a couple of basketball games every year. So uh, stick with the Wahoos. So like I told tell Coach Curls, you know, he went to the UVA of the South, so we can get a, we can agree on some things, I guess. That's, that's one of my favorite things about going to UNC. I grew up, grew up Tar Heel fan, went went to Carolina, and not necessarily with Virginia fans because you're probably the only one I know. <laughs> you and Jesse, um, <laughs> so I don't really don't really get into it with Virginia fans, but Duke fans. When when I get into it with Duke fans, I can always fall back on, oh well, did you go to Duke? And they're like, nope. And I'm yeah. like, well, I went there. And then I also usually pull in the do you pull for them in football? Right. And they never do. So I have a lot of friends growing up that <laughs> they're bandwagon fans. They're tech. Their Tech football fans and Tech's basketball team wasn't very good for a long time, up until Buzz Williams got there, really. And then now he's gone, so yeah, they're, they're going to go, gonna back, go back. But they're, then they're like Duke basketball fans. I'm like, you're a bandwagon fan. Yeah, like, so, uh, I'm Wahoo Nation all the way. Soccer, lacrosse are obviously the leading sports at UVA, but football's on the rise. Bronco's done a great job bringing back football, and him and Tony Bennett are kind of the same people, so it's been cool to watch football and basketball do their thing. Everybody thinks UNC is a basketball school, but we're really a women's soccer school. Yeah. We got soccer. Now we're returning to field hockey, too. Lacrosse, too. Yeah, I know. Women's lacrosse. Boys boys did good. I, they had a run. I don't yeah. know if they're still good or not. And then in, I mean, in Virginia Beach, field hockey's, I say king, but it's field hockey's queen. I mean, yeah. that's the fall sport for girls. I mean, volleyball's big, too, but field hockey really. I mean, in Virginia Beach, we have the U.S. National Training Facility. Oh, right yeah. there for field hockey. So field hockey is huge in Virginia That's Beach. Um, I guess we can kind of move on to our, our predictions. Uh, golf. Yeah, this weekend's the U.S. Open. No yeah. fans still. It's been it's been weird. Second major, and this this year's gonna be weird with six majors. You know, you got two: the U.S. Open and the Masters this month, and then again in November is the Masters, and then you play the four again, which is gonna be really weird. But one of them last season, no fans. I think Justin Thomas said it was. It wasn't really – it didn't feel like a major championship. Yeah, you know with golf, like it's got to feel – I know with all the other sports too, but like with golf, the oh, yeah. last putt, like if, if you're – Going the, down to final nine. If you're going to win and you got that last putt and like U.S. opens on the line and you don't hear anything, oh, like yeah. no roar of the crowd when it goes in or anything, it definitely take away from it. Especially it's at Wingfoot in New York this year too. Have you seen Have you seen the highlights of that? How the rough is? Yeah. You can lose um, your ball on it. Some I of the greens are so, so much from back to front that the ball hits in the back and rolls all the way up back off the green. I think Nah, the Nah guy, nah. he said he shot yeah. a plus eight or something in the practice round. Yeah, that's going to be. Saw somebody roll a ball up. It's a bad, bad podcast and bad radio because you guys can't see me, but they literally rolled it up on the green and it just rolled back down with like 50 yards past where they yeah. were. The and it like it was one green. It was, it was a huge green. Yeah, some of the lanes of the green are like fifty-five feet, and <laughs> I think I mean, it's, what inten- said. it's intense, dude. I mean, that's U.S. Open though, and then in New York with the fans that are in New York, the people yeah. that are in New York, for, to not have fans of this is going to be insane. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. There's a lot of good golfers out there right now. Who do you got? Who do you think is going to win? DJ's hot. It's hard to go against DJ. I mean, you know, you can almost pencil him in for a top ten. You know, you don't. Yeah, the way he's been playing. And then this is where Phil Mickelson blew it a couple, you know, back <laughs> yeah. in early 2000s. <laughs> Who knows? It could have been Mickelson and Tiger could have been even more of a rivalry if Mickelson would have won that one. Yeah. I don't know. You got JT. He's kind of a little upset he didn't win player of the year. You know, Dustin Johnson won it. Morikawa's a little upset he didn't get rookie of the year. So. Who got it? Um, Scotty Scheffler. Carolina oh. guy. Wow. Carolina guy. 
Carolina guy, but I'm going Morikawa. He, he's my guy. I'm, I'm about to become a huge Morikawa fan. He's, he's got the, I guess, a little tiger in him. He's got he the can. swag. Yeah, he's, he's, sure. he reminds me a little bit of him. Tiger is a dark horse. Yeah, of course, you can't go wrong with DJ, Justin Thomas, all those guys. Um, but I'm, I think I'm, roll, I'm rolling with Morikawa, and I could say that wrong. But. I'm, a, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of Tony Finau's swing coach, uh, Boyd Summerhays. So I think Boyd's going to. Tony Finau took last week off. I think he's kind of got that feeling where he wants to get that first major out of the way. So I'm going to go Finau as my sleeper and DJ as my pick. You think winning's in Finau's head? I don't think it's in his head. I think he's just – he's a guy that just goes about his business and everybody thinks it's in his head. But I, I think the way he controls himself, he's just – I don't know if winning's in his head. I think he wants it – almost wants too it bad. too bad. You know, so – you know, it would be interesting to see. I – I just can't see how a guy of his stature, as far as how composed he is on a daily basis, that something like that could get in his head. I think another year of what of a bunch of runner-ups like he's had could get in his head. But I think his experience in the Masters last year, playing with Tiger, and I think it motivates him to kind of win. He's got a chance. To, he hits the ball in the fairway. As long as he hits the ball in the fairway this week, I think he's got a shot. I love the way he looks, like the way he carries him. So I guess yeah. swag, if you will. I, would, I like his swing. It looks so easy for him. Like he just, it looks effortless the way he like hits the ball and everything. But he just, I don't know, what's it been like two years since he's won one? Yeah. And, and that yeah. wasn't that was just. But a he's small always time. he's always there on Sunday. He's always in the conversation on Sunday whether he, somebody else just crushes it that day and he just plays all right or whatever it is. He just. He's always there, and it seems like he never wins right now. He so. keeps putting those top ten checks in the bank. Though, Making so. money. He that's ain't for hurting sure. too bad right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's well off. He's doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I guess we'll go to baseball. Like I said, I'm a Yankees fan. And earlier this week, or I guess last week, I was hating life. I was miserable. And it looked terrible for the Yankees. And then they swept the Orioles. They just put a 20 spot up on the Blue Jays. We're, we're, in, the, we're in the number two spot in the AL East. If, even if we don't make that, blue, if the Blue Jays get that, we'll, we'll make a wild card spot for unless something crazy happens. So I'm at least comfortable with, with where they're at. They're trending up. Stay high, be, get hot at the end of the year. If you're, if you're hot at the end of the year, you got a chance. So I'm all right with it. They got Stanton just came back. Geo just came back. Judge is coming back. Who knows what it'll look like next week, but I'm, I'm I'm happy with where the Yankees are at right now. Excited about baseball again. It's a week to week thing. I wish I could say the same. <laughs> I mean, the positive side is we got a new uh, new owner. Steve Cohen just bought the Mets yesterday. They signed the paperwork, so got a billionaire running them. And finally, the Will Ponds are out. I've been waiting for that as a Mets fan <laughs> yeah. for about ten years. Mets have just struggled with runners in scoring position. They have, I think they were 0 for 6, stranded 12 last night, something crazy like that. Jeez. Can't, I mean, when DeGrom pitches, he's holding guys to one run and losing baseball games. I mean, that's the only bright spot right now. Pete Alonso in the sophomore slump. You know, he's struggled one game this year. But other than that, I mean, that's the only really the only bright spot. I mean, as a Mets fan, it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch guys not be able to move runners over and Small ball is completely out of Major League Baseball right now. That's not even a shot. You know, there's no shot to move a guy over, and God what, forbid. What, what do you think about that? At some point, I get it. Like, you got to – you get paid to hit home runs. I mean, yeah, I Edwin Encarnacion has lived his life and gotten paid just to hit tanks. And 
the term launch angle is killing youth baseball. Every youth player thinks launch angle is a swing. It's not. There's a that's the trajectory off the bat. Obviously, there's a plane that the barrel has to be on in order to do that. But it's it's not a swing. And we are there's people out there that are teaching that. You know, I like I love Dom Smith. I thought Dom Smith has been a great teammate. Broke his leg last year. Hit a home run in the last game in the, of the regular season last year. He's had a great. He's had a pretty good year this year. Kind of a sleeper year. Um, but he's been a team guy his whole time, and you know he's one of the guys that just keeps the barrel in the zone and doesn't try to do too much. That's why I think Pete Alonso's kind of killed himself this year. I think the Cano the Cano deal has completely ruined the Mets. Um, Cano's frustrating to watch. It's so hard to watch right now. <laughs> there's no hustle in him, and he's old. He's, he's, he's always old. been like that, though. You know, I remember Ed, when he's with the Yankees, he would hit a hit a grounder in the infield. And he just jogs, and he's out by half a step. And it's like, man, if you just ran that out, the problem is they're getting paid to be on the field. His average would have like it would have been like so much higher, man. Yeah, I mean, parts of the time I see where they're coming from. They're getting paid to be on the field, and you know, you have that threat of, do I beat out a ground ball or do I play 162 baseball games, which nobody does anymore. So that's another shout out to Cal Ripken. Couple things that that the Yankees have. It's it's tough to watch the Yankees for me because Gary Sanchez and I'll throw Judge and Stanton in this too. They just strike out trying to hit a home run. Like two strikes. Half the time now, it doesn't even matter if there's a a runner on base. They're two strikes, two outs. They're not trying to put the ball in play. They're just trying to hit a home run. And as a youth coach, it's the kids. I mean, (laughs) just kill a few kids that are (laughs) watching the baseball that are watching baseball games in general. They're just. They're trying to follow suit, and those guys can do it. That's what they get paid to do. I get it. But please bring college baseball back soon. So, and <laughs> yeah. Because Coach Chester is one of my favorite college coaches. He's at Gardner-Webb now. He was at Barton uh, before that, and then at a D3 school in Pennsylvania. But he's just a hustle guy, and he, lo- he recruits athletes, guys that just want to play, want to be on the field. I'm just ready to watch that stuff again. I mean, ba- Major League Baseball is kind of killing it for me right now. And I don't think it's necessarily – it's not just the players. It's the whole – it's the organization of what well, makes I, baseball I, that's is. That's where right I, I – I love Aaron Boone to death because of what he did to Tim Wakefield. But, <laughs> gosh, man, he don't play guys. He, he yeah. gives them every other day. They're off. And I half of the Yankees, I think, want to play, and he's holding them back saying, oh, well, you got to get healthy, get healthy, and all this. And it's like – I feel like as a player, that would be so frustrating right. to want to go out and play every day, and then every third day, you're not in the lineup. And that's the problem, too, in Major League Baseball. A lot of time, it's not just the manager, it's the GM. Right, and it's coming it's up telling, above his right. head, and analytics, and all that stuff. Exactly. But. There's, you know, I hate to say it like this, but some nerds can coach baseball now based on analytics, the way the game's trending right now. And I get it. It's, it's Well, you know, I think you're going to see a lot more just clubhouse guys becoming coaches yes like that that's going to be the thing and just kind of manage players not necessarily manage the game right because everything that they're that's going on that they're making happen is coming from somebody else telling them what to do no doubt so no doubt. a lot of egos in it too yeah it's hard to be a manager in the big leagues yeah um kind of going off of the baseball topic we could talk that all day i guess we'll we'll hit college football real quick uh, my Tar Heels, Tar Heels got UNC Charlotte. I don't know what how much they're favored, but it should. Charlotte actually played at close, which kind of scared me. But 
quarterbacks. They ran a two quarterback system and one they of run their it well. one of their quarterbacks is out. I think their their starter, if right. you will. I didn't know they ran two quarterbacks, but their starter was allegedly out and not going to play against the Tar Heels. So that should should make it a, a easier game than what Carolina was expecting. Hopefully Sam Howell plays better for you guys. Hopefully the whole team plays plays better than what they did the first half against Syracuse. They they did not look great. Syracuse looked bad. If Syracuse was good, Syracuse would have been up by about 20 points. But they got the win, won easily in the second half, looked great in the second half. Sam Howell looked good. He, his stat line weren't great, but he I'm not worried about him. Not real? Javante Williams, man, our running back. Michael Carter and Williams, studs. They're, they're the best part of our offense. So everybody looked a little sloppy. That's one thing I was proud about for UNC. They looked sloppy. They cleaned it up the second half, took care of business. So hopefully we get more of that. I just want to see UVA play football. They were supposed to play this week, right? Correct. But, uh, they were supposed to play our – we were supposed to try to keep the Commonwealth and Charlotte Cup in Charlottesville. And uh, Tech decided they didn't want to monitor their players correctly. And, you know, what happens in Blacksburg, I have no idea. I'll let them figure that out out there. But due to COVID reasons in Blacksburg or within the locker room of Tech football, uh, they will not be playing this weekend. So, of course, i got to wait another week. And then uh, I can't remember if they are traveling to Durham or if – uh, those Blue Devils are coming to Charlottesville. Let me check on that. How'd they are coming to Charlottesville. How would you feel about UVA versus Tech week one? I was not a fan. I love rivalry. <laughs> rivalry weekend. Nothing beats rivalry weekend. I mean, it's always Thanksgiving weekend. You got the two NFL – two well, now three NFL games on Thanksgiving Day. Then you wake up Friday. And the last two years, that UVA game, UVA Tech game has been on Friday. So, week one, was that would have been just – I don't think you can – you got to find a way to get motivated and no fans either. So you got to really find a way to get motivated and you really you really, you want to be like you want to have everything cleaned up when like, you play your rival. When you play sure. your rival, really when you play your first like big opponent in college football, but right. like, Carolina basketball opened with Notre Dame this year. Yeah. First game of the year. That ACC and network it was really the only it. good game Carolina played all year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it was just such a weird feeling, like first game right out the gate, having to play a big-time opponent and a rivalry would have even been – I feel like it would have been an even different yeah. feeling. So, What do you think of the ACC Network after year one? Did you Were you a fan of it? I'm a fan. I like it because I, I hated – what was it? Raycom or whatever yeah. they were. I hated them. So I, I like the ACC Network. When they first came out and first started, it was only like fifty. It was like fifty to a hundred dollars for a thirty-second commercial. Right. And I thought about doing like putting out a Manio Middle School commercial on it. <laughs> so I thought it would have been cool, man. See Manio Middle School during a Carolina and whoever game, whatever it is. So. Shout out to the huddle too, EJ Manuel. Uh, grew up, grew up with him. Went to middle school with him. Um, then he went to Bayside High School and then Florida State. Then was drafted in the first round by the Bills. So shout out to EJ Manuel and the huddle. Yeah, I don't really watch their. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of a hater on it because I think them doing the like following Carolina basketball around all season may have been the the bad luck and, yeah. or had an impact on the results that happened during the year that never happened. So it's like the hard knocks. Uh, yeah, so the hard knocks trend. Yeah, like a curse. Man. Curse. Thank you. That's <laughs> it's just I, I couldn't even get into that because by the time the second episode aired. Carolina was terrible. It was not even <laughs> fun for me to watch. I was just getting angry watching it. I, I like it. They, they needed it as far as the ACC goes yeah. and all the other network, all the other conferences have their, their own networks. Their network, so I think it's good for the ACC. 
speaking of conferences, Big Ten just announced that they're they're playing football. They saw what was happening. They they saw the trend and everything trending up right now in college football. So Mid October, I saw they're following suit. And October somewhere sometime in the twenties, right? Yeah. Sometime in that, they're gonna. I don't think we'll see Pac-12 football this year, though. That's the depressing part, too, just because between the fires and yeah. that's complicating even more tests because they're not able to get the test results that they need. Not necessarily the result positive negative, but they're not able to get those quick those quick test results back that other conferences and schools are getting just due to the fires. So it's scary what could happen for the Pac-12. I was anxious to kind of see what Oregon was going to do after the Rose Bowl win last year. I was ready to watch USC, man. They were going to be my West Coast team. Deanna, my wife, just got in, in grad school online at USC. I, I was going to be a West Coast USC fan, and I was going to pull for them, and we were going to watch those games and kind of get jacked up. And, <laughs> or hoping to go out and, and see one live, go to the Rose Bowl. I think that would be awesome. And uh, unfortunately, it, it looks like it's not going to happen at all. So it stinks, but yeah. at least we got – at least we got four of the major the major conferences going. And then you only got one ranked, really ranked game this week in college football. Yeah, it was that Louisville, Louisville, Miami. Louisville and the U. Is I the know. U coming back? That's the question. No. Is it still Miami or is it going to be the U again soon? U is not coming back. Not as long as they're in the Coastal with UNC because UNC <laughs> is now the team in the Coastal. We're about to be Clemson. So the U is not going to be back. The Eric King, whatever his name is, can get out of here. They throw Tate Martell back at QB. They got a better <laughs> chance with him. <laughs> but I, I don't Are you know, a Tate Martell fan only because of QB1? Loved him in QB1. Loved the confidence. Loved the swag. I like Tate Martell. Quarterback's got to be cocky. So I hear that. And it, it's, tough to, it's tough to give somebody confidence. You can't give anybody confidence. So if they got it, bottle it up. You can always put a cap on it and, and bottle it. But once it's, once it's going, it's tough to get it back. So Miami's a two-and-a-half-point dog in that one. They got the over-under set at 64-and-a-half. That's a lot of points. That's Louisville's like a, coach is, what, Satterfield? Mm -hmm. App State App guy? App State guy. Yeah. yeah I, um, he usually gets them playing up for, for big opponents. He did a lot better than what people thought he would last year. Miami obviously did a lot worse than what everybody thought they would because they're Miami. They do that every year now. So I'm, I'm going Louisville. At Louisville, too? I believe so. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Louisville on that yeah. one. At Louisville. Cardinal Stadium, 7.30 on ABC. King will get his first real test, I guess, of the ACC. Yeah, that, he, He's an athlete. He's, he's good. but I think that – I don't know. My, Louisville's defense got to fly around. They kind of gave in to Western Kentucky last weekend. I don't know if you saw any of that game. but I didn't really watch it. Um, it just – I don't know. It was different. I'm, I'm purely going off Louisville last year because yeah. they, they played hard for that guy, and I think that's they a do majority their, of the battle for a college football coach. They do have their quarterback, too. Michael Michael Cunningham, he's back. And he's, it looks like he's throwing the ball well out of the pocket. Michael Cunningham's his name? Or M-I-C-A-L-E. Mikhail? Worked work with a guy as a manager for the football team named Michael Cunningham. <laughs> Athletic director's son. Bubba Cunningham's son. He was, a, he was a manager with me. Shout out to Michael. No free shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what's up, Mike? Shout out for the boy. Um, go to NFL. Yeah, now we're going to roll on the NFL. Thursday night, we got Baker versus Burrow. Heisman Trophy winners. Love, love both number of them. Number one in overall college, picks. Man. Yep, number one overall Heisman winners. The only group that has the injury report out already? 
really an NFL game that probably nobody cares about. Yeah. <laughs> Battle of Ohio and nobody cares. <laughs> I care just because it's football on Thursday. It's Thursday night. It's the only game that's going to be on as far as NFL, so I will watch. It's I, the only really football game on. There's no college game on Thursday night this, this week. I, I feel terrible for old Joe Burrow, man. I wanted him to get his first win. He got it, and then he had it taken away from him from the referees, calling a fluke offensive uh, pass interference, in which it happened all week. <laughs> But um, I think I saw that same column at least four games. Yeah, at least. I don't know if that's like an emphasis this year, just the call pass interference on the offense. But I think if they call it, they should at least review it, especially inside two minutes when the Cowboys have a shot to tie the game <laughs> and, <laughs> and it ends up losing the game for them. It, I mean, but, Ingram got called on it, uh, but it lost. It lost Cincinnati the game too, and yeah. both of them were inside two minutes. Both of them could have been reviewed from New York. Agreed. And you put the rule in. You review every turnover, touchdown. You might as well review every pass interference in the final two minutes. Shoot, there's a lot of plays there could be pass interference on it. Majority of the plays if they wanted to get oh, nitpicky. 100%. And it's like all of a sudden they want to get real nitpicky on the offense. I get it. I mean, cornerbacks are – these DBs are underhooking everybody's arm. Yeah. You've got to allow the receiver some kind of space to be able to get two hands. I mean, although every wide receiver right now I feel like can catch the ball one hand. But that's besides the point. I mean – you got to get a receiver time to be able to get both hands on the football. And I'm with you on that. And I, I, I will always give the defense the benefit of the doubt. As in, long as it's on the inside. In the majority of situations. But if they underhook the guy and hook that arm, the good DBs like Jalen Ramsey will do it so the ref can't see it. So whatever. And if they get away with it in the game, then, then it's going to happen. But if the ref calls pass interference on the offense – inside two minutes. I think it should be reviewed, and I think them hooking uh, an offensive player's arm and then the offensive player responding, I think it should be on the defense. I'd be, I mean, what is the exact definition of pass interference? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I know with like, offense, they're going to say the ex- extension of the arm. Right, and I but get that. But if, if you're on defense and you're grabbing another guy's arm, like while he's trying to run and catch a ball, right. mainly because that's what you're seeing when they go to catch it, and it's just they have no option but to push off. Like right. it, that's your only option as a receiver. I mean, it says, is a foul that occurs when a player interferes with an in, or an eligible receiver's ability to make a fair attempt to catch a forward pass. Okay. I get the whole the push off. And, I mean, it allowed A.J. Green to get space. I get yeah. that call. And it was, it was kind of blatantly obvious. But the call they're – they're completely getting away from is when the DB doesn't turn his head at all and just runs into the <laughs> yeah. wide receiver. That all of a sudden that's not being called pass interference anymore, but the extension of a, one of your arms into the DB's chest as they're holding on to it is now pass interference. So it's I don't know. They they have to continue to evaluate that rule. I mean, as much as the NFL reviews everything, yeah. you got to find a way to get that. We're, I mean, I feel like we're wasting 20 minutes a game just on every, reviews. Every it's, game, and then I know they're taught to do it, but the uh, the fumbles and the, the throws, they go a yard forward, the defense picks it up, runs it back, scores, because that's what they're taught to do. The refs are taught to let them play through right. just so they can review it, and it's just like, man, you can see it live. You know it's not a forward pass, right. or you know it's not a – a reverse or a, a backwards pass, and they let it go, and it takes five minutes to for them to get, get the back. clock straight, see when it hit, and all that stuff. Everybody get back on the field, and it's just so much time. But Speaking of though, 
I love what I saw from Larry Fitzgerald in the two-minute drill. Yeah, that was Young guy the catches the football, things. puts it on the ground, and he picks it up and just sprints it to where it is, exactly where the hash that they were, he knew they were going to be on. That's veteran That's veteran leadership right there. And they ended up winning the football game because of it. I mean, solely uh, because yeah. Larry Fitzgerald makes a hustle play that he had nothing to do with. He didn't catch the football. He didn't run the football afterwards. He literally picked up a football that his teammate caught. Made a, He made a great play, too, in getting a couple extra yards. Unfortunately, he didn't get out of bounds. But luckily, they won the football game. But Larry Fitzgerald to have the audacity to pick up the football and put it exactly on the hash. That's funny because we we had talked about that earlier. But when we came in on Monday, neither one of us had had mentioned that. They really didn't mention it in anything that I watched as far as. But it, it stood out to me. It was so obvious. It was an awesome play by him. And then kind of both of our teams in the two-minute drill, I know that the Cowboys had a shot to tie or win the game in the two-minute drill, and they would catch a ball, and it looked like they were lollygagging around, letting clock run off for no reason when they're down. And it really upset me at the time. And then Evan Ingram during the Giants. When Get they him out of New York. Back, Get Evan Ingram out of back, New York walking around I think he caught the ball and he's walking the opposite way of the line of scrimmage it's like what are you doing man Evan Ingram looks like he doesn't want to play football anymore and if that's the case props to him but he needs to go because he's he's (laughs) that is not the culture that Joe Judge is trying to build and if Joe Judge is really trying to build the culture that he says he is Ingram needs to go I'm with you on that It, it it looked that way it looked like he wanted to play his way out of New York I mean, it's that's not who that's not New York football, and for you, that's why Odell's gone. O, yeah. Odell started playing that way, and they got rid of Odell. Why not get rid of Ingram? You got two other <laughs> tight ends that caught more passes than Ingram. Ingram was targeted so was gonna, nine At least times. Odell was Odell, and yeah. he was good, and he was putting up stats. I know he really hasn't with the Browns, but Evan Ingram, what he had one good year. Yeah, it's rookie year, and then he hasn't played. You know. <laughs> And not, not only that, you got Sterling Shepard. Nobody, Sterling Shepard was not seen until the third quarter, and I blame that on Jason Garrett. I can blame a lot on Jason Garrett. <laughs> I mean, we're <laughs> all mutual, we're, Preach. We're mutual <laughs> feelings about Jason Garrett. I mean, Slayton, don't get me wrong, Slayton at some point is going to be the leading wide receiver for the New York Giants. Right now, he is not. Sterling Shepard is that guy. <laughs> Sterling Shepard has the best hands and is, runs, is the best route runner on the Giants, and yet – He's nowhere to be found because of Jason Garrett. And then he catches a ball, and Jason Garrett tells him to get off the field. No, that's the guy you leave on the field, leave him in a slot. When he taps his helmet, then let him go. Other than that, he needs to be on the field catching the football. That's and another thing that bothers me. These NFL athletes, college athletes, play five plays, and then they tap their helmet like they're tired and get off, get off the field when they're in a crucial situation. And, like, I understand it. I get the whole fresh legs and – all that stuff, but like, can we not get into football shape and be ready to go out? And, and New York had a 20 play drive, yeah. didn't end well, but had a 20 play drive. And it's like, man, you should be on the field for at least feel. I feel like at least 10 plays. And I don't care if you're the running back. I don't care if you're the receiver. Like, it, unless you have some crazy run, some crazy catch where you run 80 yards, then yeah, get out. But these guys should be able to do it. The linemen do it. The linemen go 20 plays. Unless you play for the Giants. <laughs> then you lay down as, as a defensive line's coming, charging your quarterback. You just lay down so you don't have to come out again because you've already laid down on the. Like I said, it's the curse of Eric Flowers. It's it's ridiculous to watch. I mean, Bengals Browns. Who you got? We got off topic. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> What's the spread on that game? Did we ever find out? Um, I got it. Right Browns here. were Browns were minus or plus six, minus six. Um, Browns. 
Minus six. Yep. Cleveland minus six. <sighs> That's tough to say. I mean, Bengals are playing well. You got AJ Green, kind of. You got a rookie quarterback. I've heard rumors that. Odell Browns are trying to ship Odell yeah, out. There's rumors swirling that he's working his way out of Cleveland. I now. think Jarvis Landry's questionable. Baker hasn't had great completion percentage. I mean, on, I think this weekend he missed. Odell was like 40 yards downfield with nobody around him, and he just missed him. Baker overthrew him. Jeez. So I have no, I have no recollection of why Baker Mayfield is now all of a sudden this way. Maybe he played an offense where at Oklahoma where every receiver was wide open and he figured it out. I don't know. Maybe uh, yeah. he can figure it out this week. I don't know how good the Bengals – I didn't pay much attention to the Bengals other than the fourth quarter when Burrow was driving them down the field, so I didn't see their defense. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Burrow gets his first win as a professional this week on Thursday Night Football. I think I'm going Burrow too. I think I think we agree on that. I don't know if they'll – I don't know because uh, they're, they played the Chargers, Cleveland did. I mean the – Cincinnati did, and um, they, they really were just a lot alike. And Cleveland played the Ravens, and the Ravens just throttled them. Right. And uh, that's one of them things. Like, is Baker that bad? Or the are Ravens the Ravens that, that good? Baker but misses a lot of passes. I love Baker Mayfield to death. Love him in college. Love his little little dance. Love spiking the flag in, in Ohio State Stadium. Loved all of it. This is a big year. He's got to back it up. He's got to do it in the NFL, or he's going to. He's gonna find his way out. He's not gonna be in Cleveland very long. So He'll be a backup somewhere. But I think I think I'm taking old old Joe, man. He's just gotta he looked calm, cool, collected the entire time. He just he didn't play bad. He he no. played well. He gave his chance, his team a chance to, to win at the end of the game. They should have tied it up at the end of the game, but the kicker pulled a calf muscle or something <laughs> in an all time funny funny clip, but terrible for him. So Hopefully he gets his first win, and I, th- I think he will. Yeah. Sunday at 1 o'clock, you got Vite, Minnesota and Indianapolis. Minnesota versus the Colts. That's a game that uh, nobody cares about. Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my Kirk- dad, my dad's a Vikes. He's a Vikings fan. I mess around with him. You got Kirk Cousins and Phillip Rivers. And Phillip Rivers hasn't done jack. The only thing, reason I somewhat like the Colts, Zach Paschal, Old Dominion football. My dad's an ODU season ticket holder. Therefore, uh, I'm going to go Colts on this, just because. and I hope Zach Paschal catches at least one touchdown this week. I, um, I don't know if he was even targeted last week, though. <laughs> they got another dude. Uh, and you got T.Y. Oh, wait. They, what they got? I think his last name's Campbell or something. Like Parrish Campbell, something like that. He, he had a lot of catches last week and as a receiver. The guy out of state, Hines, their yeah. running back, Hines, had two touchdowns last week. Rivers, state guy, I'm going Vikes. Go Vikes. Kirk Cousins, Captain Kirk, man. You like that? Uh, he ain't scared of run. <laughs> he ain't scared of COVID. Survival of the fittest, he says. The smartest. I think he's the smartest NFL player, or at least quarterback, because he accepted the franchise tag True. and did it two years in a row and – Made sixty some million dollars guaranteed in two years. Pascal, I'm sorry you did have two catches for 18 yards. If you're listening, which I doubt you are, but we'll get there. One day. <laughs> we'll get there. One day. <laughs> oh, what other game? What other games we got at one o'clock? Giants and Bears. Bears defense is stupid good. Uh, so I don't see the Giants offensive line getting better in four days <laughs> or five days, I guess, technically. Of practice. Four, how many practices do you think they actually Tuesday was an off day. I would say probably three. They played Monday night. Tuesday's probably an off day. Practice Wednesday, practice Thursday, practice Friday. It's in Chicago. Yeah. So probably travel day Saturday. You think they're doing anything in the morning to get ready? You think it's just rehabbing? 
prepare. Rest and rehab. On Saturdays? R&R day on Saturday. Yeah. R&R and travel. Saturday would be a rest. So Friday, three Fridays, fr- Honestly, Friday is probably a walkthrough. Yeah. So two days. There's no yeah. way that offensive line got better in two days. Yeah. Now, maybe you watch film, but there's no way your footwork gets better and you get stronger in those two days. You got Mack coming in. I was going to say, Khalil Mack, man. He's tough for a good offensive line. That and that tackle, we got freaking <laughs> – <laughs> we got cowboy practice squad guys. Foreman, he, he – I'm not sure, but I remember you talking about – he might have been the dude that gave up seven sacks to against the guy from Atlanta. I don't doubt it. Like, he, he might have been – I might need to fact check that um, after this. But I, I think he might have been the dude that gave up seven – might have been seven and a half sacks against a no-name from the Falcons yeah. one year. It's the worst game I've ever watched in my life. The only plus side for the Giants in that one is Allen Robinson's having contract disputes with the GM, and they're talking about Trubisky trying to throw him the ball 30 times. And we all know Trubisky's not great once he throws over 15 passes. So. I'm, I'm going with my guy Mitch on this one, man. Spread uh, Chicago minus five and a half. Minus five and a half? Yep. I'm going to say Danny Dimes makes a comeback, nah. finds a way to get Saquon the ball in space. I'm going to go Giants. Don't think they'll win the game, but I think they'll keep it. They'll lose by less than five and a half. Ten God all day. Mitchell Trubisky, he lit it up, had the best, best fourth quarter of any quarterback ever with three touchdown passes last week. He's come to life. He's, they're going to see it in Chicago, what we saw in Chapel Hill in his one year of greatness <laughs> for the Tar Heels. I saw it his first practice ever. I knew he's going to be a stud, so I'm riding with Mitch. <laughs> then we got my Cowboys versus Atlanta. Man, I didn't even realize that was mm. coming up when I talked about the dude having seven sacks. But um, Is anybody healthy on the Cowboys defense? Van Der Esch is not. Sean Lee is not. I mean, dude, they had a starting corner out last weekend. Is he back? I don't believe so, but um, I haven't heard about that. I mean, even if they were healthy, they're still going to stink. Their secondary is going to get exposed. I've wanted a safety for the last 15 years of my life since Roy Williams left. And every draft, I get my hopes up. Every time Earl Thomas is available, I get my hopes up. Jamal Adams was available, I get my hopes up, and it just never works out. And we get torched, and all I watch is a Cowboys safety, and they just stink, stink, stink. Julio Jones lights us up every time we play against him. And you got Calvin Ridley you got to worry about as well. <laughs> it doesn't even matter, man. Julio could be the only receiver on the team, the only guy eligible to catch a pass, and he would still burn <laughs> the, the, the Dallas Cowboys secondary. I'm interested to see what Todd Gurley does. He only had 56 yards rushing last week. Well, Gurley lights us up every time we play him. So, <laughs> like, best of both worlds for Atlanta. I'm, I'm going to pick my Cowboys because I'm – Die hard. Yeah, but if they lose, I'll probably never pick them again for the rest of the year. <laughs> What's the spread in that game? Dallas, minus four and a half. Mm. I, uh, I don't know, man. I, They're going into it as the dog. I uh, and I, I want to see more out of Mike McCarthy here. He uh, he went for it on fourth and three with ten minutes left in the fourth quarter when we could have had a field goal to tie the game on the road. I did not agree with that call. I really don't understand it. Nobody's talking about the call. Nobody's putting any scrutiny on him for that call, really. So I feel like a crazy person, but that's all I could think about. And then you had the pass interference that's kind of, I guess, taking the topic of conversation with everything. But um, that, that call lost the game in my mind. So. Yeah, and that's the thing. When you make a penalty, it kind of takes – you have a penalty like that when you're driving. It kind of takes away from uh, it took other parts of the game. Out of them. Yeah. And, and then well, it just covered up the call. Yeah, right. it, covered it covers up that fourth and three call. I don't know. I, I think the offense will get rolling. I think it's 
really, I think a lot of it, and probably a big part of the Giants too. New coordinator, new coach, you're not going really live as an offense. The defense always looks better early on, especially with less contact. So I think the offenses will get rolling. I think the Cowboys definitely will. CD is going to, he's going to be great. I think Zeke looked great. He's looked the best he has in three years in the first game. So. And the new tattoo, so. I, I might do that for Halloween. Just roll up my shirt and get a feed me tattoo on my belly and just walk around with a, a headband, a nose ring, and Cowboys jersey and just say feed me all night long for Halloween. If we have Halloween. It's probably going to be canceled. They canceled, Cal- <laughs> they canceled California's Halloween. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm, going, I'm going Cowboys. We're going to bounce back. Mike McCarthy's going to have the boys right. Dak's going to – he's playing for a contract. Another uh, ACC quarterback, too, in that game with Matty Ice. Matty Ice, man, yeah. BC action. Yep, so I'm going Cowboys. I'll stick with – I'm going to go – I got to go with the – or Eagles. Sorry, I'm looking at the next game. Falcons on that one. Next one is the Rams and Eagles. I was just – we were just talking about this earlier today. I don't know if I was more impressed with the Washington football team's defense or more unimpressed about the Eagles' offense. Shout out to Rivera for getting his first win. We'll come back to that later, but – Shout out, shout out to Jesse DeSanto for <laughs> literally being the reason the Eagles lose a game. Talking junk when they're up 17-0. The football team proceeded to score 27 straight points after that video. Shout out, Jesse. No free shout outs, but you get one today, man. Good job on, on catching the Eagles in L. I got to go hang out with an Eagle fan next weekend, so I'm really hoping to go see them, him, why they're 0-2. I'm looking for Tyrod Taylor to have a better game than he had. I think he missed a few passes. Missed um, the, the Rams. Oh, Rams, sorry. Yeah. Jared Goff, you're still on my bench in fantasy, though. <laughs> Dude, he, the Rams, like, for the first probably 20 throws of, of the Cowboys game, he didn't throw the ball over five yards. Right. And I think McVay's going to just dink and dime it for a while, let Goff get his feet back under him. I thought he had a terrible year last year. Yeah. Um, I thought he signed the check or got the check signed to him and became a different quarterback. Tried to play for the money. And I think he's got to get back to McVay's offense. McVay's got to get back to his offense. And that's, his I offense think it's role. more that. I think McVay got, got too cute almost. And that's, a, that's a problem with a lot of these new offensive, offensive geniuses and all yeah. that. They get too cute. They get too carried away with the offense and get away from the, the simple things that, that made them – their money got them their jobs and all that. He went back, McVeigh went back to it against the Cowboys. That offense didn't necessarily look great, but they, like you said, dinked and dunk the whole way down the field, drove it down the field every time on the Cowboys. Thought their defensive line for the Rams looked good. I'm going to Rams. Aaron Donald was a, was a he monster. Threw Zeke, he threw Zeke around with his left hand, took <laughs> two guys out from the Cowboys' offensive line. Credit to Zeke for getting in there, yeah. protecting Dak. I, that's my running back, man. I'm proud of him for it. <laughs> he didn't care what happened. He probably knew what was going to happen. I don't know if he knew it was going to be like that, but he got in the way. He didn't get Dak didn't get hit because of it, so good job. But it, I, that D-line really all together looked good. That D-line's – Their offensive line, man, their offensive line impressed me. They knocked the Cowboys three yards off the ball every single time. They got off quick, too. Every play, man. They, they, it's crazy. Some of these NFL offensive lines, dude. I mean, even in – um, the giant game like the Steelers sometimes it looks almost like a false start that they get off so yeah, quick and yeah. so strong it almost looks like a false start but I mean obviously it's not hopefully we could call it if it was but it's just yeah. it's crazy what's the next game I got, I'm looking at Jacksonville Tennessee Connor, give, me, give me Tennessee give me Tennessee all day yes, on that that's an easy 
we'll walk away from that. <laughs> Busting with the boys, my my guy Will Compton got got to got to play the entire game. That's a good podcast. That's what happens when you get listening. your guy in front of you decides he wants to punch somebody <laughs> in the face. But yeah, not yeah. quite sure about that one. But I'll take Titans in that one. Titans man. all day. We don't easy. have to talk about that. Yeah. Broncos and Steelers. Broncos look decent in the Monday night game. Yeah, I they mean, Titans are good defense. They have a good pretty gave good Gave the Titans a run for their money. They, I think they gave the Titans everything they wanted for. For sure. Pittsburgh defense. I love their Pit- yeah. Pittsburgh defense. Obviously, the Giants just played them, so I got a lot to watch in that. But I don't know. I don't see how Drew Locke can be better against a better defense right. than what he saw on Monday night. I mean, Titans got a good defense, though. So. Yeah. The I don't, I don't think they're Pittsburgh, though. I don't think they're Pittsburgh. And I think Jerry Judy has speed to beat some of those. Pittsburgh's secondary is, I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick had an off game, I think. If he comes back, then I, I, I love him. I love Joe Hayden. I love Devin Bush. Then you got Watt, Hayward. Like, they're just stacked. They're stacked. And they, got, they got a great defense. If you think about it, that's a Super Bowl Super Bowl caliber defense. That's the Giants defense. Yeah. I they think they got beat. the Edmonds guy from Virginia Tech, yeah. one of the twins. Right. So, they, they got a they got a great, great secondary, great linebackers. I'm taking well, Denver's a seven-and-a-half-point dog. I think Pittsburgh's going to beat them, beat the brakes off them, to be honest with you. I think this is the learning lesson for Drew Locke that he needs to kind of progress his career forward. I like Drew Locke. I really do. Yeah, and they, they played that game in Denver Monday night, and I think that makes a huge yes. difference. Oxygen the, level The altitude and all that. I've actually heard them talk about that on Bustin' with the Boys. And they're like this was before they, that game or whatever was played, but they talked about playing in Denver and just how different it is and – the oxygen levels and and how it hits you so different like just they they said it's crazy and they're like it can't be explained but it's just it's different and it, it's the best home field advantage in football i'm taking pittsburgh in that one i'm taking pittsburgh too next one bills and dolphins josh um, allen all day bills are a five and a half or miami's a five and a half point dog i don't think miami has the firepower it's in Miami, warm weather, Josh Allen. I'm going to take Buffalo in that one as well. I'm taking Buffalo too. I think Diggs, man. I think Diggs is going to make Allen so much better. Diggs, Stephon Diggs, not a bad quarterback either. Maryland, when I was in school, and Maryland lost all three of their starting quarterbacks, and we played Maryland, dude, and they put Diggs back at quarterback, and he lit us up. We beat him. But he lit us up, man. He ran all over the field. He had a couple good throws. Like he was an Before that, man. they had a linebacker playing quarterback, <laughs> and then he he was a third they guy. All, to get they hurt. all got hurt, man. I it was do, crazy. I remember that. It was supposed to just be an easy win, and Diggs, man, he he made it a game single-handedly. It was impressive. We, I think he helps Josh Allen a lot this yeah. year. Then we got a rivalry: Detroit and Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> He's give me Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is just too good. He's on the revenge tour too because they drafted Jordan Love, so yeah. he's he's gonna he's but gonna. But I think come we out. saw how bad Jordan Love is and just realized this is <laughs> why do we do this? This is my job. Probably Appreciate made him it. even matter though. Yeah, he's a psychopath anyway. Like at least get a guy that's good, and he's going through the Danica Patrick breakup. Yeah, got a little extra motivation. Yeah, so I I don't know. Detroit should have won. They should have. They they witnessed the greatest fourth quarter of any quarterback ever with Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky, but. Uh, Swift just missing the game winner. That's an ACC a, running back, too. Got to uh, Swift was he, Swift was Georgia. Or Georgia, that's yeah, right. Swift was Georgia. Feel sorry for him. First game in the NFL and dropped the game winning <laughs> touchdown against the Bears as a Lions player. Right in a breadbasket, <laughs> too. So I saw stuff on the internet saying, in this day, DeAndre Swift became a Lion. <laughs> Show that play. <laughs> uh, so we got both got Packers in that one. Yeah. Uh, Panthers and Bucks. 
Mm. Matt Rule, dude. I'm buying into Matt Rule. I mean. I listened to him at a coaching clinic. I was impressed. And he, he won me over, man. He won me over. I was, sli- I was impressed with what he did at Temple. Then he did it at Baylor, too. In the does toughest it, situation yes. in Baylor. After all the chaos that happened there. Yeah. Can Does that translate to the NFL? Who knows? I think we're all still trying to figure out that out. Uh, they, had, they had a good showing against the Raiders. They though. did. They didn't get rolled they over. Um, and you always got something with McCaffrey. I think Teddy Bridgewater just kind of getting back into being a starting quarterback. You know, he had a couple good games last year. Yeah. When he was with the Saints. And I think being back as the starter, it's, you know, it's a learning curve for everybody. New head, Once again, new head coach. Tough. It's I tough. think you always got a chance with McCaffrey. Their defense isn't what it used to be. You know what no. I mean? They got Trey Boston back there starting. Shout out Trey Boston. That was my guy. But He's your still. leader's gone. You know, Keekley's been the leader yeah. of that defense for so long. You know, you got to find somebody that's going to step up and be a leader. Carolina's a uh, nine-point dog. Tom Brady didn't have a great game. Game one as a buck. I think Leonard Fournette's going to end up touching the football a little more. Going to have a few more carries. Once again, he's getting back. I think, I think Gronk will get more involved in the offense, yeah. too. Mike Evans has to stop looking for fights and worry about catching the football a little yeah. better. I mean, he didn't have a single target because he's more worried about a DB putting his hand in his chest with less than five yards. Last pass of the game, so, he caught a touchdown. Yeah, that was it. That was a little better <laughs> late he, did, he did get a 45-yard pass interference call, True. which I wish that like showed up in the stats, or at least on fantasy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I, uh, I think I'm going to go Tampa. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Brady. But I like Bruce Arian, too. Yeah, I like Brady. He ate paint as a kid. Niners and Jets. The Jets have been such a <laughs> terrible organization for so <laughs> Dumpster long. Dumpster fire. I think Mike Greenberg had the best line that he wouldn't let Adam Gase coach a peewee football team that his son's on. I thought that was phenomenal because it just tells you exactly where the Jets are. I think Sam Darnold's career is going to be toast due to the team that drafted him. Man. And that, that, that frustrates me because Sam Darnold last year against the Cowboys came back from mono. Only grown man I've ever heard of getting mono. But <laughs> came back against the Cowboys. I think it might have been a Thursday night game. Looked like the best quarterback of all time. Lit the Cowboys up, dominated them, like was just throwing dimes all over the field. And I never saw it again and haven't seen it since. And it's just, it, it like blows my mind. So I'm at, I feel like I could, I could play quarterback against the Cowboys and I would just get superpower. But that's what happened to Darnold. He got a superpower because he played the Cowboys. They left and now he's like the people in Space Jam who lost their talent. Um, I think it's just a product of the offense he plays. In I do too. I, not, I think that's a big. It's not sufficient for him. And that's the thing that confuses me. Like all these NFL GMs spend all this time looking at these quarterbacks. How do you not know if that guy's going to fit your system? Or if you're going to have a coach in your organization that can benefit that quarterback. I mean, we talk about Mariota. I mean, I like Mariota. I think Mariota has a skill set. I love Mariota. And I think that skill set's only – I'm going to use – well, let's go to this game first, and then we can talk exactly that. Because I think this organization did it. you got the football team versus Arizona. What do you do? You take Kyler Murray, a guy that is a dual-threat quarterback, and you bring a guy from Texas Tech that knows how to run an offense for that – quarterback perfect for that quarterback if yes. you are getting a quarterback to be your franchise guy you have to get a guy that runs an offense geared towards him and then surround him with the surrounding players what do they do they go get d-hop they get larry fitzgerald's there to mentor everybody else even mentor kyler mentor, on how to be a mentor pro the coach man. Mentor, mentor the coach kingsbury <laughs> i mean arizona's they did it with when arian was there then they got away from what they were doing and then they went and got kingsbury and now they're doing it again 
Arizona has proved that they can do this. They know what they're doing. I I'll, forget I'll, what the GM's name is, but he is a phenomenal. He Steve, was Stephen Klein. Stephen Klein, and he's an ex-football guy. He got a Dewey. Did he? Yeah, got a, got a DUI like last Don't year. Don't drink and drive. <laughs> but, There's our uh, – But he's a good GM. I'm with you on that. He He's – what he's done with Arizona and then getting D-Hop, man. He had one of the best performances I've ever seen in a college football game versus – like live and in person versus UNC. Everybody was talking about Sammy Watkins. Yeah. And that was his freshman year at Clemson, and we went up there and or down there. They they called him Nuke, and they announced him as Nuke Hopkins, and he had three touchdowns. And every time he caught the ball, the whole stadium, Nuke, and it was crazy, man. It was it was nuts. They throttled us in that game. I'm pretty sure Arizona's a dog in that game too. Like I said, uh, I, Arizona I minus six and a half. Wow. Like I said before, I don't know if I was more impressed with Washington's defense. They did. Washington's defense showed up. I mean, they played well, played hard for Rivera. I mean, Rivera's going through a lot. That deep, that offense is just hard. The offense yeah, is I don't hard. think they got any offensive firepower. Thing is, the year goes on, that rookie from Memphis will have a big – I think he's going to play a big part in the offense. I think he's going to be their running back. And I think Rivera will kind of use him like McCafferty when he was with Carolina. I agree. But um, – and I think Washington's defense is always going to be ahead of their offense just because Rivera is a defensive guy. Yeah, 100%. He's a Bears guy. You know what I mean? I think that's going to allow him. And you got your first-round draft pick. Chase Young played a phenomenal game last week. But, once again, I don't know. If, I think the Eagles' offense is that bad right now. So, I'm going to go. I'm going to take Arizona. I think, yeah, I love us. I think they're Kyler. going to win by – I think it's a 10-point game. I think they're going to win by 10 at least. I, I agree with that. I, I love how Kyler looked and did it against the one of the best defenses in football, at least D-lines. Yes. Bosa coming off the edge, and yeah, he wasn't even a factor in the game, really, from what I saw. I agree. So, I'm, I'm going Arizona on that. And we got Baltimore and Houston. Lamar, I drafted him in third round in two leagues this year in fantasy football, so I'm all the chips are in for Lamar and I got me. Deshaun in two leagues, so... <laughs> I think Deshaun's going to have a good game. I think it's going to be – I wouldn't be surprised if the over-under on that is 70. I think it's going to be a high-powered game. I think the Texans are a little upset with the way they played on Thursday night against the Chiefs. I think they come back strong, but I Baltimore's too good. <laughs> yeah, and I you got a young quarterback with Watson, and you take away his favorite target that he threw to 15 yeah. times a game. I David think Johnson gonna, looked good, He's going to have to get used to it, and I don't think he is used to it in the first game. I don't think he's going to be used to it this game. Yeah. Baltimore's got a pretty solid defense. Their offense is going to score. So only thing is, is Watson looks his best when he's down by like 14 points. Yeah. And he always gives his team a chance. I got Baltimore. I'm picking Baltimore. I think Baltimore will win the game. Like I said, I do want. I think the offense is finding its gears. I think David Johnson's going to kind of play better. I think he's got a, you know, yeah. he's got a little uh, chip in his chink in the armor. He's got he's so he's got something to prove. Right. For sure. So and I think the chink is the trade. But that also gives you the chip on the shoulder as well. Like I said, I, Baltimore's just too good. So yeah. I got Baltimore in that game. Speaking of too good, Kansas City versus L.A. Chargers. Kansas City all day. Yeah. Minus eight and a half. I'll, get, I'll take the points for sure. Um, <laughs> like I said, I, I meant to go back to this game. It's weird with them both them being in L.A. now. Yeah, it is. It's, just, it's strange. It's and the Rams LA. logo it looks more like the Chargers now. It's just Or not the logo, but the colors. Yeah, it's just, yeah. But I want Tyrod Taylor to play better. Uh, I think he deserves his shot. I think he got, you know, he sat as the backup, saw Flacco do his, do whatever he's, he's that was. He's been a pro though. He's, he's been, a, been a pro. He's been a pro's pro. Career. And I think I think it's just his time to kind of. They got lucky. They won the football game last weekend, yeah. and I 
I don't think they can beat Kansas City, but I think they can be competitive. I'd like to think this is going to stay under an eight-and-a-half-point game. I'd like to see only one touchdown. I'd like to see it come down to the wire. I think that would be a good game going into the Sunday night game. I think Kansas City is just too good. I think it's going to end up being a 10-point game, so I'll take Kansas City. I think it's going to be a Kansas City blowout. No Derwin James for the Chargers. <clears throat> That's true. I, I hate that he got hurt. I love the Chargers coach, just his whole demeanor after watching Hard Knocks, but they just don't have the firepower that, that, that Kansas City does. And L.A. has Keenan Allen, and he's my nemesis. I never drafted him in fantasy. We competed against each other. He probably had no idea about it, but I know <laughs> about it. Senior year in football, most picks in the state. So it was, it was me versus him for a long time. We got beat in the second round. His team made it won the state championship, so he ran away from me after that. He's been my nemesis ever since. So go, uh, go Kansas City. Pat Mahomes, Patty Ice. He got paid. He's a owner for the Royals now, so he had a big year and he he looked every bit as good on Thursday. So I'm taking the you Chiefs think, until he proved me wrong. We're talking about offense. Same thing. You got a quarterback. You got Reed. Coach Reed has been known to yeah, take quarterbacks to higher him, levels. Groomed them perfectly, and, too. Sat under Alex Smith yeah. for a year and just perfect for him. Yes. Sunday night game, uh, you got New England and Seattle. It's going to be – that's a tough one to predict. Can't. There's no way – I mean, there is a way because Cam's just a freak. But there's no way that if you're trying to keep a guy healthy, you can run him that many times. No way he can take the hits he did week to week for – 17 weeks, much less in the playoffs. There's, there's no chance, and Cam, he stays hurt all the time anyway, and that was running about 10 times a game and taking those hits. Yeah. But he, he looked great. He's I love the way the Patriots used him. There's just, I'm with you, there's no way he can sustain that for an entire year. And he's got no weapons. I mean, yeah, Nikhil Harry hasn't really turned out to be anything yet. Nikhil Harry has to step his game up. I don't think Edelman is a Cam receiver. I think Cam needs a big guy that he can just lob it like up to. Like Calvin Benjamin. Exactly. So I, um, I'm i going with Seattle in this. I think the Seahawks are revenge game for them from the Super Bowl, and I think they got more to play for. I don't I don't see it coming from the Patriots this week against a, a good team. They got lucky week one that they faced the Dolphins. I think Seattle's going to be a way better team, way, way tougher game for them, and I got Seattle in this one. I definitely have Seattle too. I think all around they're just better overall team. I don't think ball, uh, New England's ready for that right now. Um, I think they're still learning how to use Cam. I think Cam's still learning the offense, understanding, maybe trying to find a couple extra weapons that they might have. I definitely think Seattle's going to take this one. I, th- I expect it to be a close game, though. I don't think Cam can just yeah. – he's not just going to cradle. I think it's definitely going to be a, pro- a positive game for, for New England at the end, but Seattle's definitely going to win. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I do think it'll be a good game. Belichick will always – he'll always be ready. His defense is – they, they got a great defense, and he'll have them playing right. But I just think Seattle's too much. I agree. And then our Monday night game. Monday night game of the week, uh, New Orleans and Vegas. First of all, it's still getting – it's hard getting used to seeing that Vegas under the Raiders logo. The Raiders! Um, you know, Gruden. I'm a huge fan of Gruden. I like Gruden. I just – I'm anxious to see what happens to Michael Thomas. Is he going to play? He's still listed as questionable. I think that makes a huge difference. I think it takes some relief off Kamara when Thomas is in the game, obviously. It makes it a little bit easier for Breeze. Um, I still think New Orleans has a little more firepower than the Raiders do right now. I do need Waller to have a big game, so I would like to... I would like this game to be closer than I think it might be, just because I need Waller to. Yeah, I need go Waller off. too. I got him in fantasy. I need um, him to have a big day. I still, I'm not. I know they turned uh, Tom Brady over a couple times, but I'm still not sold on 
New Orleans defense yet. Yeah. Uh, I got to see a little more this weekend. Um, I think it's going to be a good test. I'm not sure David Carr is going to end up being the quarterback that the Raiders thought he was going to be. Um, but this is his proven year. They got Mariota waiting in the wing. I know he's on IR right now. But I definitely think Mariota kind of fits that Gruden offense just as well as Carr does, if not better. So um, I think Carr's going to be pushed a little bit here, especially with uh, Mariota coming off IR here in the next week or two, it sounds like. so. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see Mariota with Gruden. And I, I, I'm with you. I like Marcus Mariota a lot. Not a, never been a huge fan of Derek Carr. Thought he was weird on hard knocks. Um, so I'm going a lot off of that and, and his gameplay as well. But uh, I think Michael Thomas has something to prove this game if he plays. And I think he's going to play no matter what because he thinks he's the best receiver in the league. He's been chirping online about it all offseason. So he kind of came out, laid a dud last week. I think he's going to come out with vengeance. They're probably going to almost force feed him the ball like they did last year, uh, which will help Kamara, Kamara, however you say it, whatever his name is, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Hopefully he gets rolling because I got him in fantasy too. And I think New Orleans is going to – I think New Orleans is going to edge it out. I think the Raiders keep it close though. I like their running back, Jacobs. He's a uh, – He's a stud running back. I think he's a lot better than what people realize. I think New Orleans just has too much firepower, too much for the Raiders, especially with Derek Carr playing quarterback. So. And CBS just dropped some news. Um, Michael Thomas sustained a high ankle injury against, uh, in the Ooh. season opener. It was not initially thought that he would miss much time, but the injury is worse than initially thought. Breaking so news. Sounds like a couple weeks. He could be possibly out for a couple weeks. So that could change the whole dynamic. Who are they going to go? Get? Are they going to go get somebody to give that extra weapon? Dez Bryant. Uh, you got Dez that's been Dez in might get the call. He went there for one day. He did. <laughs> you know, and then he had that ankle injury so, or leg injury. So they got Emmanuel Sanders now, too. They do. They so do. He, he might light it up. But there's definitely some more weapons out there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in that game. I'm kind of a coin flip on this one. I'm not sold with. The Saints, you know, it's just they get there and they never. Obviously, they've had some bad breaks in the playoffs the last couple of years, but I'd be I'm interested to see what if the Raiders can kind of. This could be a game where if the Raiders win, it kind of kind pushes of turn that the mo- corner, right? It yeah. pushes that momentum. It gets Gruden kind of a breath of fresh air and gets him off kind of that. Not saying he's on the hot seat by any means, but he's himself. He's putting himself on a hot seat. Like they got to this is a game that they got to have. And yeah, um, I definitely would like to see uh, the Raiders pull this out and Gruden win this game. I like the Raiders. I want the Raiders to do well. And obviously, AFC team, New Orleans, NFC. I want the Raiders to win. I just I got to go Drew Brees over Derek Carr, and I think that's that. That's my my biggest biggest thing in the game. Is this and their first game in Vegas, officially? Yeah, in the Death Star. They're opening up the Death Star? <laughs> yeah. On Monday night, like I said earlier, you know, fans kind of takes away. Takes not, away having, not having it takes away, but you still got the travel, West right. Coast game, all that stuff. So could it could have more of an effect on New Orleans. It could, but you're always breaking a new stadium. That's always exciting. That kind of gives you the extra motivation that you have now because there are no fans. You're not going to get them from that, but opening that new stadium looks like a gorgeous place. That kind of gives you that extra motivation going into the game and. The, Ram, the Rams came out ready against the Cowboys. They did. I, I was hoping they would have a, a game like the Cowboys versus the Giants when the Cowboys opened their stadium. But That stadium made Jerry World look like <laughs> <laughs> look like a minor theme park. It looked like water country compared to uh, seven, uh, seven Flags. <laughs> that, that's really the – they showed like a stat 
during the Cowboys game, how much it costs, and that one's like two point four billion. Yeah. But they also got two teams, so you got the got to factor that in. But like the Cowboys was what like 10, 15 years ago when they opened it, right? And they were almost more money or right under all the new stadiums that have been built in like the last five years. That's crazy. And what Jerry World spent is just their or what it cost was close to what they're spending today, the except Ra- for on this one. The Rams Chargers place is sweet with that fluorescent roof, and then it's open in one end yeah. zone to the outside. Yeah, so you get cool like that stadium. indoor-outdoor atmosphere. That's That TV's insane, too. There's not a bad seat in that place. I think that calls it for this week. Also, breaking news, Big Ten football is back. We got that uh, announcement yesterday. So, Do you credit Ohio State or, Nebraska, or Frost from Nebraska more for getting a Big Ten season? I like Michigan. I pull for Michigan, so I'm going Nebraska. Go Scott Frost. He got it. Got it done. Ohio State. Justin Fields had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm anti Ohio State. I just I can't get on that bandwagon. I'm not. I like Urban Meyer, but I'm not an Urban Meyer fan per se. So I can't really buy into anybody that really coached with him. <laughs> yep. And then the whole. Zach Smith thing really turned me off of Ohio State even more. You know, Joe Burrow left and goes and wins a Heisman, so that's kind of that gut yeah, shot that they needed. In the SEC, too, against high-powered defenses, I'm super amped for that game tonight just to watch Burrow kind of do his thing. So. Burrow versus Baker. Um, just kind of a – we're recording this Thursday morning, so it could come out different a different day, but we're recording it Thursday morning. We recorded a little bit yesterday on uh, 9-16, finishing it up today, 9-17. Had a lot of, a lot of news just happen in, yeah. in between us recording the first, first segment and the second. Look for us on Monday or Tuesday with a recap of the weekend. Yep, we'll be coming out. I don't know how many we're going to drop and how many we're going to do a week, but we'll, uh, we'll come out, we'll do a recap, and then we'll give our predictions for next week. Y'all have a great weekend. Have a great weekend.